Welcome to the Frustrated by Your Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Skyline Studio. I'm your host, Jim D'Amico. And I'm your co-host, Madison McQuiston. Our podcast will bring you the latest in marketing news and strategies for internal marketing teams, marketing specialists, and business owners. So if you are frustrated by your marketing, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to uh, the podcast. Thanks so much, uh, everybody, for coming to episode uh, four. Um, for us, it's sort of like episode two because the first two were some practice runs, but uh, thanks so much for being here. And uh, last week was awesome. We did our 2023 marketing predictions, uh, and I had predicted that uh, paid social media was coming or was here and uh, got word this week that Twitter blew, or sorry, Twitter is going to only uh, show t- Twitter blue verified uh, tweets in the uh, for you section. So they're already putting a little bit of cap on stuff that's not paid. So I would say that's step two in this process of paid social media coming our way. And we uh, have a little competition of our our predictions. You're already ahead of me though. So okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So in, in December we'll count. We'll see who uh, we'll see who wins. So yeah, that's one point for me. Uh, Which, if you haven't listened to that episode, you guys should go listen to that episode because the predictions one is really fun. Yes, that one was great. It was uh, maybe longer than the normal, although there's no set normal yet, so we'll see. Um, That's true. I'm thinking that we'll probably be more like a 30-minute podcast, and that one was over 40, but who knows. Um, So, okay, this week, the topic is uh, review uh, reviews and uh, reputation management for businesses and restaurants in particular. And uh, we did a lot of research. And because of that, it's actually going to be two-part episode, or at least there's going to be two episodes. So we're going to talk about the generals of review management, uh, reputation management uh, in this episode. And then we're going to do an entire episode just on Yelp. I I went down a Yelp rabbit hole doing the research. Uh, There's a lot of people who hate Yelp. And so I want to talk about that um, by itself. I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit today as well. Um, I was going to say, we both respond to reviews fairly often. And... For businesses, we both know responding is such an important thing, even though it can be difficult to respond sometimes, even depending on which what kind of reviews come in or how they're talking about your business. But yeah, I think once you've crossed the threshold from all five stars to your first likely one star, you know, there's very, you know, if you look at the the chart of what kind of reviews people leave, they're pretty much you know, fives and ones, and there's a few in the middle. Like very few mm-hmm. people use the other ones. I mean, they're, they do, but that's usually where it is. And so you want not as many ones, I was saying a lot more fives, <laughs> but once you cross that threshold and you, and you lose that five-star rating, which is really hard and you know, it's like a personal attack, it gets a little bit easier. And there's a lot of reasons why that's not the worst thing in the world. So if you look at a business or if you look at something on Amazon, or if you look at something on Yelp and they have 500 reviews and they're all five stars probably start to question is that possible you know there would be you know you'll see it or you'll see a five-star rating and then you'll click into the the data and you'll see like oh, okay well they've got you know 31 star reviews but you know it still averages out to being a five and, and you trust it a little bit more those one star reviews help you to believe the five-star review so that's one thing that makes it a little bit easier uh you know i know that it's it's hard to say this it's easy to say this from here yeah. uh what, you know, we're lucky right now. Skyline Studio has five star reviews, uh, but one day we're going to get a not, you know, just no matter how good you are, you're going to not work well with somebody, right? Whether true, it's- and that's the other thing too. I mean, 
as much as you, like you said, you want all these five stars reviews, a lot of times you just need to get in not great ones to help your business improve in a lot of different ways. So it's also taking it as people are helping you improve your business because you're not going to be perfect all the time. So, and and if you take it that way, that's a that's a good way to do it if it's legit. So there's also different types of reviewers. There are the reviewers that are they think they're New York Times food critics, and their goal is to, you know, write a nine paragraph essay on you know why your fries were too soggy or whatever the thing is. You're not necessarily you don't. You don't really have to listen to that person. You know, there might be little nuggets in there that are real, but that person's just looking for a way to, to hear themselves talk. But if it's, you know, I, and I know you're you respond to a lot of reviews for for our clients, and yeah. if you're seeing something over and over again, and I know you see these patterns, as a general manager, as an owner, you should respond to those. So I don't know, you know, and, and take that for what it is. So if mm-hmm. you have dozens of people saying the wait is too long, well, then you should do something to mitigate that what that is, I don't know, but that's maybe something in operations. And if you take that, you know, that's a good way to react to them and not, you know, after you get over the initial, I'm so sad, I've lost my five stars, or I'm so, I'm so pissed that this person is, you know, didn't come to me directly, which is what you should do as a person. You should go to the manager at the time and have a conversation and they usually will fix things for you. But if you, you know, now the person has chosen not to do that, they've left the review, you can then take these patterns and, and react to them and make your business improve, which is great. I was going to say, I think I responded to probably two or three reviews today that were anywhere from 200 words to probably about four or 500. It was a ridiculous amount of word count. I mean, I didn't actually calculate it, but they were paragraphs long for just a specific review about literally this entire person's experience. And now were those good reviews or bad reviews? Or a little bit bad reviews. <laughs> bad reviews. Well, okay. it was kind of a mix, I guess. I would say there were more bad reviews that had that long of responses than um, like the good ones. I would say, and both of those were on Yelp, which is kind of funny because that's what we're going to be talking about next week. And yes. <laughs> you can definitely tell Yelp. Brings out the worst in people, for sure. I mean, compared to responding on Google, and we also do TripAdvisor. We don't do as much as of TripAdvisor, or I don't see as many come in. But Yelp is where it's at with the. <laughs> I do think Yelp brings out the worst in people, and it's a you know we'll talk about this next week. It's a little bit about their their model, but they've really put the. the the consumer in the driver's seat. It's not about the business for them. The bi- even though the businesses are why everybody's there and the restaurants are why everybody's there, for them it's about that consumer, the the user making them feel powerful. Uh, and that's you know oftentimes that's what a review is about. So I had a great experience, and I want to I want some credit for this great experience, or I want to brag about this great experience, or I want to share this great experience, or I had this negative experience and I want some vindication. And so I'm going to write these this book about it <laughs> and I'm going to put it out there for everybody and it's going to change the world. And usually it doesn't change much um, except you've wasted 30 minutes and you know, hopefully the uh, business doesn't get too upset about it. Um, and they, they respond, you know, and that's really what what a big part of it. So you do that every day, responding to reviews for our clients. And it's, no matter mo- how much you don't like that review, you have to respond to it. Because if you don't, you look guilty. It's, you know, you, if the person pleads the fifth on this, you know, when they're 
uh, up for trial, you you just assume they're guilty, right? So you have yeah. to respond no matter what it is. And you can, you know, if I was running my own restaurant review, you know, like or my own restaurant and I was responding to reviews, I'd have some more fun with it. You know, we we follow the rules of of the clients and we follow we you know their their tone. But I would I've heard and I've read restaurant reviews from um, from owners where they will you know not necessarily attack, but they'll they'll tease or 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 make it a little bit more flippant in their responses instead of everything being so serious. And I would do that and I would have some fun and that way, you know, the, that way the person reading the review later. So I think most people when they're responding to a review think they're responding to that person. Now, if there's a specific thing, you know, and there are reviews where it's like a specific thing. I came in for my mom's 50th birthday party and- Oh yeah, drop, they can get really specific. The, <laughs> right, you dropped the cake on the floor and you ruined it <laughs> and it'll never be the same. Like you should respond to that person and you should probably reach out and they probably, again, should have mentioned it at the restaurant. But we are really writing it for is the person who's looking for that type of restaurant or looking yep. to see if they want to go to your specific restaurant and they're going to click on the reviews and the first thing they're going to do is look at the one stars because that's what everybody does and they're going to see that review and then your response is about you're not writing to the person that wrote it you're writing to the person who's reading it later in the future that's that's who it is it's your opportunity to market stuff you can say if it really happened we messed up we're really sorry we don't do things this way if the person's ridiculous which a lot of the reviews are you can <laughs> respond in kind to that and say that's not how we do stuff or it's out of our control i know you, you when we talk about reviews a lot it's about the cost of of goods like they're going up so mm-hmm. people are mad that things cost too much so that's so, definitely a repetitive review that i see that along with wait times yeah so just respond to that it's out of our control we're going through you know unprecedented inflation right now <laughs> so things are going to cost more i think one of the stats that i found really interesting was that 89 percent of consumers read business reviews or like responses from businesses which is super right. interesting because that's a lot higher than i thought and that stats from bright local which is actually one of the platforms we use to respond to reviews which is we've had some difficulties with them sometimes, but also it makes it pretty easy to be able to respond to reviews on so many different platforms. But that that statistic was a lot higher than I was thinking it would be. Yeah, that that is higher than I would have thought too. But again, that's the reason why that's who you're writing it for. You're not res- you know you're not writing it for the person who left the review. They might not even ever read your response. Yep. You're writing it for the person who's doing their research. And and yeah, I love Bright Local. They're a great company. We're now looking to transition to local clarity for our review management for our clients. Um, it's a little bit more robust, but Bright Local is a great inexpensive op- uh, option. Um, local clarity is pretty inexpensive as well, um, but it's a little, it, you know, it scales a little bit differently, but they both do essentially the same thing. Because if you've got multiple locations, if you've got multiple brands that you're responding to, you need this to all come into one dashboard where you can see you know, first of all, what you have to respond to, and then you can see these trends. You can search for keywords. You can search for wait time, and you can see of the last, you know, twenty one star reviews, half of them mention wait time. Okay, that's a problem. This is. Or you can see trends. Our Yelp reviews are going up. Our Yelp reviews are going down. What's going on? Did we change our staffing? Did we change our menu? Um, and things like that. So that that's that's the reason we're switching. But I love both of the platforms. I think they're great. Um, you know, all sort of things aside from you know our little. Uh, technical issues we've had with uh, Bright Local. I do really like them as a company and they're great for local SEO too. Um, and and I would say, you know, if you're listening to this and you've got you know, your own, you know, single location, you probably don't need software like this. You can just 
you know, log into Google and Facebook and Yelp and, and handle those that way and have the emails come to you from those um, sources. But the second you get to two, and certainly once you're in the dozens of uh, uh, locations you have to respond to, you need some kind of software to organize that. It'll pay for itself in the time you would waste logging in, logging out. Yeah. Um, you can respond directly to Google reviews in both of the software. You can respond. Well, actually, you would know this better than me. Can you respond directly to Facebook or do you have to? Yes. So Facebook is the other one that you can respond directly to. It's both Yelp and TripAdvisor that you cannot. So you can see them pop in there, but you have to specifically go and log into that platform and find the reviews and answer it, which at okay. first was a when I was getting used to it was a little bit weird, but now it's super quick and easy and not too much of a pain. The only pain I can see with Bright Local is when the accounts get disconnected, especially because we have so many different clients. But like you said, I mean, if you only have like one restaurant or one business, you probably don't need Bright Local. But one of our clients has what, seven, eight restaurants underneath them. So it makes it really easy to keep track and respond to all the reviews fairly quickly. <laughs> right. And so even though it's not letting you respond in the platform and have it go right to, to Yelp, it's directing you to the right like account so you click it it'll bring you there and you don't have to again it's saving you time so you're paying them for time saving that's really what you're doing for and for organizations so you don't miss them yeah. because again if 89 I think you said 89 percent of people are reading those responses that means 89 percent are reading no responses too and mm -hmm. so if you don't respond they will see that and that's bad because again yes definitely you, you played the fifth you look guilty and you don't want that um so i think uh yeah, I think that's, you know, if we had to give one message here is try not to get too upset. And, you know, I'm saying this again, the second we get our first uh, not five-star review, I'm going to be I'll be depressed that day. It's going to happen. I was going to say, it's hard not to take it personally if it's your business, for right. sure. Because, I mean, when I owned the coffee shop, we got definitely a couple of those. We didn't actually respond, though. I wish now that we would have. Actually, maybe not, because we were so young that we <laughs> probably wouldn't have had great, great responses. But it's hard not to take it personally. Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, so try not to take it personally and then always respond. Yes. So, so that, you know, we'll continue to say this throughout the rest of this episode too. But like, I think those are the two most important things. Um, okay. So trying to talk about chat GPT in every episode because <laughs> it's our favorite thing. You mentioned that you had two, like 400 word <laughs> review or things to review to. And I know you've started to use chat GPT and helping you to to pen these responses. Did you yeah. use it in those cases? Yes, I did. Actually, I've been using chat GBT a lot more now, which I have, have a feeling some people probably aren't going to feel great about that, but it's nice for filtering out reviews and seeing the important things that people highlight in their reviews. Because sometimes people just like blab on about a lot of just random things that don't necessarily matter, even though they think that they do. So that's why it ends up getting to like 400 500 words because they just ramble on about their experience which isn't a terrible thing but it's nice because with chat gpt i can just like copy and paste put it in there and how i filter it out is i tell chat gpt i'm like can you give me a four to five sentence response for this really long review and it'll kind of filter it out and so i don't copy and paste it into the review platform that i'm answering on um, but I kind of almost use it as a little bit of a guideline to see what all was in that giant review. 
because it can take a really long time to read through that. Like, honestly, that probably would have taken me like five to 10 minutes to read through and then answering it would have taken a really long time also. So the nice thing with chat GPT is you can kind of use it to your advantage. But I definitely don't suggest just, you know, copy and pasting it over because some things definitely aren't correct in it. Like a lot of times it says, oh, thanks for visiting our restaurant. But I always feel really weird, like putting <laughs> that in there because they're upset. You know, you should definitely personally use your business name. And so there's definitely things I don't put in there, but it's a nice little guideline for sure. Yeah. And again, it's all about, it's not about replacing you in this equation. It's about getting you to do the then same I, amount of things in more time. So you have time for other stuff. So if it would have taken you 10 minutes to read the review and probably 10 or 15 minutes to summarize the review, and then five to 10 minutes to respond to the review, you're like pushing a half an hour for one review. This person doesn't deserve that. Our clients don't want us spending those types of resources. So in the past, we probably responded as best we could in 15 minutes. And now we can, the summarization quality of ChatGPT, that is pretty much perfect. So it's going to boil that down. And then it gives you a guide where you can then add the human quality to the response. And that, you know, probably took you seven minutes instead of 30. And so, you know, that's quality right there. You know, that that you know, makes ChatGPT very, very valuable. We can yeah. do that and we can give a better response, which is super nice. And it's so helpful too, because another statistic I found interesting was 88% of consumers are more likely to use a business if the business owner responds to all reviews. Okay. And that's so also another statistic from Bright Local, but ones. right. Not just and the I good know. ones, not just the bad ones responding to all of them, because it shows that they're active. And that's yes. always nice as a consumer or a client is seeing that the business owner cares enough to go see what people are complaining about or see what people are praising for their business. Right. No, I, I think that's great. And you know, we keep talking about restaurants, obviously Yelp, you know, in our case, the one the uh, clients that we're doing these review responses and reputation management for our restaurants, it's a big deal in uh and yelp is you know it's sort of the uh, the cornerstone of yelp which we're going to talk about next week but this is for anything so it could be a review of your software it could be a review of your your, your plumbing business it could, you know the the other reason why restaurants are a good top you know good uh niche to talk about with this is that it's probably the most heavily reviewed other than products on on amazon the most heavily reviewed industry right because people want to talk about their food they want to you know people love food and yeah, so yep. uh, that's why, but but this applies to, to all the different industries and you should be doing the same thing. So even though if you're running a plumbing business, you might get a review every month or so, um, you, know, you should try to get more, but let's say you're only getting every month or so, still respond. You know, people want to see it. They want to know that you're friendly and they want to know that there's, you're someone they can trust. And they want to know that how you would handle a problem. And that's almost part of it too. It's not, you know, you're responding to the other person reading in the future. But part of what you're telling them is, if a problem happens, I will handle this well. I'm not going to be a jerk to you. I'm going to I'm going to respond to you, and I'm going to make things right. And that helps. You know, when people are making decisions, there's always that. What's that final thing that pushes you over the edge? And that might be yeah, might be one of them. Yeah, and that's one thing that I think is super important too is addressing the problem. If you have a bad review, because we, you know, we've talked about one star reviews can be your friend, which I think is true, because. You want to be able to address the problem back to them, like almost feed it back to them so they know that you understand what they are upset about or what they are trying to comment on. 
And then the other thing too that we do with a lot of our clients is giving people the opportunity to reach back out on a more personal level, whether that's using emails or messaging, phone calls, um, because it's a lot easier to show somebody that you care about what's going on and you care about the review that they left and that you want to better your business. Yes. And the added benefit and the main reason we do it is it also takes the conversation offline. Yes. Instead of a back and forth with somebody who's upset and, you know, even if you respond in the most civil, uh, helpful way possible, that person might continue to stay irate. There's just some people you can't please. And now you've, you've removed, you know, any of that back and forth from the review site because you don't, again, this is about future people, not about that particular person. Making it right is about that particular person. So you take it offline, you have a conversation. Restaurants are notorious for giving gift cards or come see us, we'll make it right next time. And once again, I'll say it, the customer really should have mentioned it to the general manager or the owner at the time, but people don't do that because they would have fixed it on the spot if they could have in most cases and for good restaurants. Um, But yeah, that'll sort of allows it to be fixed. So um, I think all businesses at some point get those really random reviews too. I remember responding to one. This was obviously, I want to say when I kind of first started responding to reviews last year was there was one about a man who was really, really mad that he got kicked out of a restaurant. And so he was like almost being violent with his review. And like you said, that's one of those things where you want to try and get that conversation offline to be able to kind of fix it. I mean, that's one of those things where you're just, a lot of times you're just going to get really random reviews that are hard to respond to, but you've got to do do it in the best way possible. Right. And there are some cases, and I would say, try to always take the higher road. The customer is always right. With the exception of when someone is uh, being threatening or uh, being accusatory of your business. And in those cases, you can respond a little bit more firmly. You also, if the person's using any profanity or any hate speech or any any threats at all, you can usually get those taken down. You know, the whole review can uh-huh. be correct. Like you might have actually kicked this person out and you might have actually been wrong. But if they start swearing or start threatening, usually the review sites will take that down and then you just make that go away. So uh-huh. you use that. Use you know, all of these review sites have a takedown request or report this review or whatever it is. So do that. Um, you know, you're not going to get a takedown request if the person says came down on a Friday night and I had to wait two hours for my table and my drink took you know, 30 minutes to come. Like that's, that's, that's real. And that's, that's sticking. But if the person is saying, I'm going to come down there and next time, and I'm going to bring my buddies and we're going to tear this place up or whatever they're going to say, you can probably get that taken down. Uh, and you, and you should, and that make make it go away. Um, and I would say in that case, don't respond until you've given it a little bit of time for that takedown request to simmer. Because sometimes if you respond then Google won't, they'll be like, oh, okay, well, they thought of it as legit, so why am I going to take it down? Mm -hmm. So we usually let it sit. And then, you know, if a week goes by and it's still there, then you respond. So I was going to say, I have another stat for you. So (laughs) 53% of customers expect businesses to respond to negative reviews within a week. Within a week, okay. And that's for review trackers. Okay, so so you have that week. Um, I would say you should respond faster to the non- hostile ones <laughs> and the the hostile ones that you get have a chance to get taken down yeah a week is probably perfect and then you just you know and hopefully again in some of these very high volume businesses like restaurants hopefully three or four reviews have already gone on top of it and that one disappears 
Um, and yeah, uh, and a lot of them I see too can be very repetitive. Like a lot of the ones I answered today or this morning, because uh, I respond every single day um, of the work week, obviously. <laughs> I think it's very interesting to see a lot of them are really repetitive. So like wait time, food coming out cold, there's a lot of other ones also. But sometimes too, once you respond to one, you can kind of change up your response to all the other ones as well. But obviously you don't want to be just like copy and pasting your answers is not a good thing. Right. And I know before we've had a document that we've gone off of and kind of learn the hard way not to do the copy and pasting thing. And now we're way more personal with our responses. And Right. So yeah, when we that. had the, the document, there was 10 different variations for each possible mm-hmm. review scenario. And then we would, you know, take sentence A and sentence two, you know, from A, you know, sentence two from section A and sentence three from section B or whatever, or that doesn't make any sense, but you get the idea. And we com- combine those two and then we do a different version of that for another review. Um, but it's still over time needed a little bit more personalization and it was taking longer. You know, that sounds like that would be fast, but it took longer to do that than just to do the, the quicker review uh, response um, you know, just from your heart and also chat GPT. So those two things are allowing us to say, be more personal. One thing I've personally been doing is adding smiley faces on five, like responses to five-star reviews. That's great. I love it. Just because I think sometimes, you know, I think it adds a more personal touch and I think it can make people smile if they go to see like your responses for your reviews and they're like, oh, they look happy. Yes. Smiley faces (laughs) are always great. I love it. Um, So the other thing I want to make sure we cover in this episode is asking for reviews and uh, review gating, which is um, a tactical way to ask for reviews. So ask for reviews. Yes, everybody should do that. You want more. Um, if you're a restaurant and you're getting dozens a week, you want two dozen a week. Uh, if you're a plumber and you're getting two a month, you want five a month. More, The more the better. For all the staffs that Madison has read before um, or earlier in this podcast, that's why you want them. You want you want fresh reviews. Also, there's a stat out there somewhere, I'm, I'm assuming, that when you go to a plumber or a restaurant and they haven't had a new review in three years, you assume something happened or that the reviews from three years ago were fake. So keep those coming ask for them. Um, I know during your research for this episode, um, you read somewhere that the best way is to ask via email, which I think is good because you're not putting someone on the spot. So you send out an email. And the way we do review gating, which is against, I think, all the policies, but we still do it, is we send someone and we ask them for a to rate their, their experience, right? So come, come to this web form that we've created on our website and rate your experience one through five or ask different questions, however we do it. And then based on their rating there, which is in public, we kick them into one of two buckets. So if it's a bad experience, they go to a page where they say, we're so sorry about that. Please reach out if you've got any, uh, if you want to talk about this more. And if they've had a good experience, we kick them to a page where we ask them for reviews. Again, pretty much against all the policies, uh, definitely against Yelp. Yelp, you, even if you eliminate that, they don't want you asking for reviews and, and they will hide reviews um, if they think at, at any point that you asked for it. So, but again, this is one of those rules that, you know, I think is worth pushing a little bit. It's not like you're hiding, uh, you know, you're taking, you have the ability to remove bad reviews that exist. You're just sort of stacking the deck a little bit in your favor. Yeah, and, definitely. And you don't want to ask the unhappy customer. Like, I'm not going to email someone who's unhappy with our work. Luckily, there's not that many of them, but I would never email that person and say, hey, you could leave us a review. That would be 
foolish thing to do. So I email the people that done a great job for it. I'll ask them for reviews and then they'll leave it for us. And with customers, asking for customer feedback is a great way to do things anyways mm-hmm. for all the reasons we spoke about before to improve your business. And then, sure, you again, you stack the deck a little bit in your favor and ask for those um, public reviews from the people that have responded in kind. So, I was going to say, I actually just ended up working on a couple of pages for review gating today for a client because we've been doing so much more of that on our website since i mostly do website development and SEO, but I ended up creating one today. And yeah, I think it's a great thing. And that's the stupid thing about Yelp is the fact that they don't like you asking for like personal line asking for reviews, but that's what you have to do as a business. That's if it. You want to be able to get in to reviews. And the other thing too is another statistic. There we go. <laughs> 87% of consumers would not consider a business with an average rating below three stars which that doesn't totally surprise me because I feel like I'm kind of the same way when I go look at ratings for businesses. And especially after COVID happened, there's like a 50% increase in people reviewing businesses now, which is crazy. Yeah. But also makes sense. So. Yeah. People are are angry since COVID. Um, They had a lot of time to think, right? And I think just in general, we've become more public and we think everybody cares what we think more. And in some ways we do. Um, In some ways we don't. And and I think that's part of it. And I think it'll be even more. I think that will continue to grow. It'll just become part of what you do every day. Um, Everything will be reviewed. I mean, when you're in your Uber, you know, you're rating that. When when we do Instacart, we're rating the, the shoppers. When we're um, Amazon is built 100% on reviews. I make all of my purchasing decisions except for the stuff that I've gotten before based on reviews. So if I got it and I know I like it, uh, I don't worry about the reviews, but I, I pay attention yeah. to those. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll read through dozens of reviews when I'm making, I'm, I'm deciding between two things. So uh, I definitely am a consumer of them and, and they help. And you can, I look for the patterns where I'm like, oh, these are fake. This is clearly, um, but this is sort of a quick aside. On Amazon, there's a there's a habit or um, a practice of buying old successful product pages and swapping it out mm-hmm. if they're in similar categories. So I don't know how it works on the back end, but basically I'm selling um, an LED light, right? And then the next thing is the batteries, right? So they're both in electronics, but the LED light had great reviews. And so you'll look at this battery that is you know, a rechargeable battery that's garbage and the most recent reviews are all one stars. And then you look way back and they'll say, this LED light's amazing. Mm-hmm. That, I just made that example up, but I've seen that where it's literally a, a completely different product being mentioned in the reviews. And so they will ride, they, they kind of know their product stinks and they'll ride those good reviews until they get taken down because uh, it's, it's that important. So um, I was just laughing, like chuckling to myself because I was randomly thinking about Airbnb because with Airbnb, you can, you know, you can rate the owner of the house or the host of the house, but then the host can rate you. Right. I was just thinking what it would be like if people could rate like customers they had. <laughs> well, I don't so know why I was thinking about that as a random thought I had, but that's coming, I'm sure, because right now, Big Toast, which is the, the POS system for restaurants that I love the most, it's very user friendly. The restaurants we work with love it, and it's great from our perspective as far as marketing and, and integration. And right now, the, the, waitress in a lot of these restaurants, not the more, you know, older fashion ones, but they'll come up right to your table with a little tablet that's a toast tablet. And they'll type, instead of having to go find where they're going to type in your order, they're typing it up at the table. So there's no notebook anymore and there's no trying to memorize it and then forgetting it on your way to 
wherever you're going. And so that tablet is obviously tied to your table, you know, at that Mm -hmm. moment. And so why couldn't they build that in where you could rate that customer and and react accordingly? I mean, you do it. So you said Airbnb and Uber, they're they're rating in reverse too. And they, you know, they decide if they want to pick up that customer. I don't know if they do it in Instacart, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. So yeah, I, I see it going both ways. And maybe then people will be a little bit more kind if they realize that they're- I was they're... gonna say, and I'm sure there are people out there that, you know, even if they maybe do have a good experience at a business, they will just complain anyways because they like complaining, but also like trying to get free stuff out of it because we know some of our clients, you know, if there's a bad enough review, they'll wanna fix it in some way, which is good. But there are people that sadly take advantage of that. Oh yes, a lot. I don't. Know, I bet it's over fifty percent of negative restaurant reviews are looking just to hand out for gift cards. That's what they want. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's terrible. But it is. Honestly, it is, it is. I'm not a reviewer. I haven't really reviewed businesses. I think it's because after owning a restaurant slash coffee shop, I know that things go wrong in restaurants, and there are sometimes you know things you can't do about it, and. They're never perfect all the time. And so I I don't really review. I probably should sometimes, but it's not my I, personality. Yeah, I do it when I have excellent experiences. I should probably do it when I also have good. I never do it when I have bad unless it's it is a- egregiously bad. So I will, you know, if the burger's a little cold or the takes a little bit longer for the waitress to come, I look at, you know, in most cases, unless I've expressly stated that we're in a rush, which, you know, if I'm going out to eat, I'm usually not. Um, mm-hmm. yep. I don't, well, we got an extra half an hour at the table. You know, that's not good for the restaurant. They didn't get to turn that table, but it's good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the one thing that bothers me the most is if it takes too long to get the check at the end, but I'll usually, you know, give it 10 minutes and then I'll just walk up and find them and get it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, because that sort of ruins the end if you're now ready to go. But yep. I would never leave a negative review there. about that. <laughs> you know, again, because we were, I would, I know the other side of it. So, Yep, same here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so let me look at our notes. Did we cover it all? I think we did. I feel like we did cover uh, yeah. most of everything. I think I had a couple of stats I didn't share, but yeah, I don't want to throw too many. Yeah, we can save those for next week. So, okay, so next week will be a full Why Everybody Hates Yelp. I don't know exactly what we're going to I'm call excited it, for this. Episode. But uh, <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole this last couple of days on Yelp and it became its own episode. So, which is fun because I don't, I still don't know a ton about Yelp. I mean, I respond on there, but I haven't ever dove deep into the Yelp platform itself. So I'm, I'm excited to learn a bunch from you about it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's coming. Um, it's coming next week. So now we're going to do our new segment, which oh. um, I'm tentatively titling um, Unsolicited Marketing Feedback. Um, well, or maybe unsolicited marketing fine. advice. One of those two. Let's let's go with feedback. Unsolicited marketing feedback. So I know I mentioned this in last week's episode, but I have it is a rebranding. It is subtle and I think a mistake. And I, I'm curious what Madison's opinion of it is. It's <laughs> the perfect first one because it's a um, sort of a coffee shop. Tangentially, I like you know, the way Dunkin' Donuts is a coffee shop. And uh, and Madison owned a coffee shop when she was in college. Um, so she can speak to this um, from that. So I'm going to try. I'm like kind of nervous. Yeah, don't be I nervous. I remember you just mentioning something about about it, but okay. Uh, okay, so I'm going to share my screen through this software, and we're going to see if Madison can see it well. Hopefully, you have your screen all set to go. And then I'm going to 
show her what I think. Okay. I present to you the Bagel Dudes. Um, can you see the, the logo well? Yes. Okay. So this, so this is a great bagel slash coffee shop. Um, we, we love going to uh, Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And when we go there uh, in the town of Chatham, which is our favorite place, they have a location on Main Street. And up until a few months ago, this was called the Bagel Shop. And um, so I got this and I was like, wow, that's really, you know, I'm not woke, uh, but <laughs> I feel like there, there, I was like, there's got to be a story behind this because this is not the direction you would take a restaurant, right? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure yeah. there's a reason why they, they rebranded and I'm guessing it wasn't marketing. I'm guessing the reason was they had to change the name because of some restructuring or something. Um, so they went from shop, which is sort of a throwaway word to dudes, which in my mind is if there's a story behind it. And I know that you had shared another coffee shop that has, has a story behind it, which I think is great. Um, I would go with it. But otherwise, I feel like the word dudes uh, means lower quality. Uh, I hate to say that about fellow dudes, but it's not necessarily high end. I don't know what I would have replaced it with. The bagel place, the bagel spot, anything okay. else. Um, you know, the logo is exactly the same uh, before. This just said shop. That's it. And um, and that's it. So you, so, okay, I'll go back to you now. Um, what do you think? Am I, <laughs> am I way off on this? <laughs> I mean, I had, no, definitely not. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about it because I don't think rebranding is a bad thing, but also I don't necessarily agree with changing your business name unless you have to. And that's because I, when we opened up our coffee shop, I hated the original name that my business partners chose, but I was the third man out. So I had kind of no say in it. So we called it Bulletproof Brew House, which was already the name of a coffee shop. So when they wanted to name it that, I was like, we're going to get into some legal issues. And guess what? We did about six months later. So I was oh, like, interesting. I didn't know you rebranded. Yeah. Okay. So Bravado was originally Bulletproof Brew House. And yes. there was another so Bulletproof Brew House. Yes. In <laughs> California. But okay. I was like, I feel like we're going to run into some legal issues with this. We did. We got a fat letter in the mail. But freaked my business partners out. And I didn't want to be like, ah, ha, ha, I was right. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I was like, I, I hated the name originally to begin with because I don't know. I didn't feel like it was original. But I think with rebranding your business name, I think it can not be a great thing unless you have to do it. Um, but I agree with you that the bagel dudes does sound a little bit like, feel like there's going to be people that really, really like that name, but also I think you're going to have a really big divide on people who do like it and people who don't like it. Because it's one of those things where if somebody doesn't like the name, they might not go. Um, the logo is pretty cool. I, 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 don't I like the, the logo. The place terrible. is amazing. Um, the other interesting thing is I never saw a male employee in it once. Um, oh, okay. All interesting. Girls. Um, but you said you it know. didn't have a story to the name or you were trying yeah, to find right. so out. Anyways, I, I looked, I, you know, in research for this, and when I first got the email, I looked. I was like, "There's got to be in the about here. It's got to say, you know, if I look here, it's got to be like, you know, mm -hmm. two dudes that met and they're they've been friends for forever, and you know, we wanted to cut, we wanted to honor that or something like." This Which other... I think that's like that's a great story behind the name, if that was true, right? And but so also... you had mentioned these guys, Dutch Bros, in one of uh -huh, our yes. teaser episodes. And this is literally 
you know, same thing, right? So they're Dutch literally, bros. yes, they're it's yes, literally like, bros. They were mm-hmm. friends and they started a coffee shop. So if there's a reason behind it, I like it. But I feel like when you're and you know, bros and and dudes, I feel like bros gets is a little bit more of a leg up as quality. I don't know, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's a little bit kitschier, so it works. Um, but yeah, it, it, peop, if you're going to go down this road, think about all these things. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. we're in, I'm not woke, but I, I found this jarring to myself too. People might just not go or, and maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe people won't want to work there. Like it's all, like I'm curious when I go and there how next. How long did they have their other business name? Like how long have they been in business? Because I feel like that also is a very uh, big Uh, or did it change like management or owners they had it for seven years and then they changed it um so yeah i find i just find it very interesting that they went there's a lot of reasons why i'm not totally fond of it just because i don't know once you build up a clientele and then suddenly just changing the name it again there are reasons you have to change the name that are not branding Mm -hmm. and and i think that's probably what was going on here but they had a golden opportunity to change other things um they potentially should have taken the lesson from dunkin donuts who is now duncan because nobody wants donuts um because of carbs and same thing with bagel chop i mean they could have gone the coffee route they could have gone which is a big reason why people go to those types of bagel places i know it's for bagels too but coffee is a big part of it they could have gone the breakfast lunch route um they could have you know instead of just that quick probably without much thinking, oh, dudes is good enough. They could have you know, taken an opportunity to expand their brand. Um, and I feel like they missed it. And I I feel like somehow this is going to be a bad rebranding for them. So Yeah. Also, I mean, I do like the logo, but I also thought it was Boggle, bo- Boggle at first Let me when see. I looked at it, <laughs> which is why I was like yeah, so close, close to the screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> like the Boggle dudes. Which is why uh, I was so close close to the screen because it looks like a coffee cup isn't it it's Even a coffee cup with a bit ba- kind of a bagel shop? in it and a little um coffee bean it looks better in other ways <laughs> uh, it, you it know, did take me a minute to read it i i think it's like smart it's, i always think it's really fun with logos to do something like that but it did definitely think it was an o i'm not gonna right, lie okay um so anyways this is my so my advice to them was that they should have given more thought to this and not likely just picked it or if there is a story behind it follow the lead of dutch bros out of Lemeth falls right they said they started yeah, they- people so they started in medford which is okay. or i think grids uh something like that medford or one of those things but um yeah they ended up starting there and now they're moving all the way across country i know that one of my friend's friends just opened the first one in Tennessee, which is super cool. Awesome. But they've been making their way across the country, but they have a cool per- personal story and people like, you know, seeing personal stories with businesses because Absolutely. It's just that business trust. And so if they were calling it the Bagel Dudes because of a personal fun story reason, that would totally make sense. So if they do have a personal story, they should share they it should on there. They should definitely 100%. add it. And if they don't, they should make one up because- it will make it. It will make it better. I don't know if I if I was sitting down with them when they were making the decision. I probably would have talk, tried to talk them out of it, no matter what. But now that it's here, I think they need to either make up a story or find a story because it'll it'll soften it a lot. And you know, I think Dutch Bros looks. I think I, when I was just on that page, it was 1992. Things are different in 1992. So now you know you're doing this in 2023. I don't know if you bring dudes into a <laughs> a business. I don't know if that works. 
especially when it's an industry, again, it was all female employees. Um, so again, are they, do they want to work there? Uh, and, and, um, anybody can go to it. You know, if you picked a male dominated industry, uh, you know, where they, you know, they're the, the higher consumer. Sure. Of course you name it dudes, but this is for everybody. And it might just, might, it just sort of falls flat. It's not funny enough. It's not interesting enough. And I, and I think it's a mistake. So, <laughs> um, thank you for agreeing with me. Yeah, so no, to... no. that's fun to look at. I like this new segment that we have going on. Yeah, me too. Um, so I don't know if they always have to be a surprise, but I guess you could surprise me next week or we could just pick one. But we'll try to always do one of these. I think the surprise is the fun part. Okay. Okay. So you'll <laughs> surprise you surprise me next week with something that you like or don't like. And it doesn't always have to be negative. It could be un- it's right. feedback. Unsolicited. So that's why it's got to be feedback and not advice. So unsolicited marketing, feedback. And so we'll... Um, you know, we'll give our opinions on stuff and some of it can be good. So sweet. I'm pumped for next week. Okay. Be a so fun episode. Yeah. So I guess our episodes are 45 minutes long because here we go. 45. <laughs> uh thank God we didn't try to fit the elf something because it'd be a two hour episodes. Uh but they're good. They they really do go fast for us. And I, I know I said this last yeah. time. Hopefully it's fast for everybody else too. I find them I find it interesting. I've loved doing the research for it. It's been fun and I love recording it. So we're gonna keep at it and we will see you next week for a deep dive into why everybody hates Yelp or some other title similar to that. Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe and like us and find us on YouTube and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, subscribe everywhere. We're we're almost everywhere now. So we're I'm still we're still not on Amazon Music. I'm working on that, but we're on Pandora, we're on Stitcher. Find uh, us on Instagram for updates. Instagram, Facebook, all this stuff. LinkedIn. So, <laughs> we're not on LinkedIn yet. Oh, we are. It's on the list. (laughs) I mean, we've mentioned it on LinkedIn, but that's on the list. So, uh, a lot of stuff building a podcast. And then, um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to do an episode on podcast marketing. Um, So, that's coming too. Uh, Well, that's all I got. That's all we got. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. uh, For tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.